So welcome to the show. I'm David Speed. I'm Adam Brazier. And this is Creative Rebels. Uh, it's a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. We started our first company, Graffiti Life, in a small garage. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But we built the company up to the stage where now we're regularly working with brands like Disney and Nike. And we've been lucky enough to make art all over the world. On this podcast, we interview successful creators. Their advice will enable you to take action and turn your passion into a career. There's literally been no better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people are going to tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to tell you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, Rebels. Bet you didn't expect this popping up on your podcast app at this time of night. Lovely little bonus episode for you. Yeah, here's a bonus episode. Um, we're going to record this in one take with no edits, so who knows what might happen. Oh, good God, hopefully. Because um, we are recording this on Wednesday evening um, because we really wanted to get this episode out, but our day has been absolutely manic, so we haven't had a chance to sit down and record this very intro. So here we are. Cool, so this episode was with Harris Newcomb that we recorded live at the Apple Store in Regent Street. Harris Newcomb is an absolute legend. He is a photographer and I think like one of the most pure artist minds that I've ever met. He would definitely count himself as like an art photographer because his work is, it's, it's gallery worthy. As well as being that, he's also an amazing entrepreneur, which is such a, it's such an interesting mix and so rare. Yeah, I think it's really important to have those two sides of a mindset. Like a lot of artists that we've talked to don't want to know the business side of it. They just want to create the art, whereas he's a perfect balance of both. He is. Uh, This was a fascinating interview and uh, we hope you enjoy it. So this uh, interview took place live in Regent Street at their Apple store as part of the Today at Apple series, um, which is is just a great opportunity to go down to an Apple store. They are always getting in different creatives. You can go, um, if you just Google Today at Apple, you'll see what's happening at an Apple store near you. Um, You can go down, meet people. We love doing them because we get to like actually meet people and hang out with people they're all real hands-on events as well they have so you can go down and learn stuff so if you want to learn a certain program there's a good chance that they've got a tutorial session within the apple store of how to do that and the posts there are absolutely amazing now we had a really good time everyone we met was amazing we were we were just standing around and they were teaching something about procreate that you didn't know about and you use procreate yeah. all the time so and one time leaving the apple store after buying something and having to get back to work really quickly but seeing a girl do a demonstration on procreate and thinking shit she's so good that looks really great i need to need so to that's why you were late yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so thanks for the guy, to the guys at Apple for uh, having us down. It was a blast and hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, um, thanks for coming, everybody. We are the hosts of the Creative Rebels podcast, um, which is, what is it? It's a podcast for creative entrepreneurs to help you find happiness and fulfillment in a creative career. Can we hear Adam's mic, everyone? Bring it closer to your mouth, Ad. Come okay. on. Oh, there you go. go. There, there he go. is. Hey. Um, what's, what's Creative Rebels podcast, Ad? Creative Pod- the Creative Rebels podcast is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. We like to help people find happiness and fulfillment in a creative career. Basically, we just want you to be happy in your jobs because loads of people are working jobs they hate and we want you to do jobs you love. Yeah, there's literally never been a better time to make a career from being creative. We make our living from painting on walls, which is like the most ridiculous job in the world. Um, But we're doing what we love, so it's amazing. Um, So we interview successful creators um, because their stories can help you guys kind of unlock and see like how they've done it 
that means you can kind of take some of the things that they've done. Um, and today we are joined by the incredible Harris Newcomb. Round of applause. Uh, hi. Harris, the first thing we would like to ask you is how did you get started in photography? So um, I got started in photography because I was looking for a sense of purpose. I, I felt quite lost. I was working in an advertising agency and although it was a cool job, it was like I just felt very coggy and I wanted to have a bigger picture. I wanted to look at something a bit bigger. Um, so I started a little fashion brand with my mate and we went to meet his dad, we did a little pitch, I did some ridiculous projections because I'd never done any proper business before. <laughs> what what were like, those projections? I was like, yeah mate, we'll be millionaires in like three years, you know, <laughs> like we'll make t-shirts and jumpers, great, <laughs> awesome prints and they'll sell for no reason. And um, so we, we did this thing and I was, I was super pumped by it and I think it was going to, I thought it was going to work really great. Uh, what happened, we, he, he gave us a thousand pounds. Um, which is very kind of him, and we made a couple t-shirts, a couple jumpers, a couple hoodies, uh, and, then, and then we had to take pictures of this stuff. So I designed it, and I was really thoughtful about the branding, but I was like, we need to take pictures, and we didn't know anyone, we didn't have any money to do it, so we were like, well, let's get cameras and learn how to do that. And it was literally the first time I shot, like a person in the clothes was like instant, and I was in, and that was the thing I want to do. Um, so the brand, fairly swiftly fizzled out. Um, not to the detriment of the brand, but I was just obsessed with taking photographs of people and, and that's how it all began. I think like a lot of people kind of get in touch with us and what, like a key question that we hear a lot is how do you find your passion? And I, our answer is always just try a bunch of stuff. Because for you, like you're, you're, you started a fashion brand, but then the photography came just from taking photos of people wearing the clothing and you were like, and that set you on fire. Yeah, straight. And I think there's probably a lot of people that can re relate to, you said, feeling coggy. Yeah. And that's definitely something that I felt before I was sort of being a professional graffiti artist. I felt- Such um, a great title. <laughs> professional graffiti artist, yeah. ridiculous. Not just a graffiti artist. People pay you to do it. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. sick. I, I'm still trying to get over, like, it's been nine years, I'm still trying to get over the fact that people do actually pay for art, it's incredible. But, um, but yeah, I think um, feeling trapped within the system, within, like a, within a job and just like, like filling out spreadsheets and whatever it may be, and just feeling trapped. Um, and then when you do find something that, that does set you on fire, like how did you kind of, how long did it take you before you were like, I can do photos full time and I don't need to be a cog anymore? Well, I, I feel like the journey was like very, is laden in gratitude because like every, I enjoy taking photos, like it's wicked and I enjoy meeting people, it's rad and every step of that was rad. So it, I was never sat there like, ah, oh, like I need to figure out a plan of how I'm going to do this thing. Everything happened quite naturally and organically. Like I'm interested in business, which, which I've spoken to you guys about before and, and pretty much like any random client I'd get, like I, I would talk to them about it. They'd always be startup businesses, right? And I'd talk to them about how they're planning on getting somewhere. And I'd like, I like looking at other people's plans. I never had one for myself, right? But like, I like looking at other people's ones. Um, and, and I'd have these conversations. And I think that something naturally formed, something naturally formed around that. And then slowly I started taking little bits of people's businesses and helping them out like with their creative side of things. And then photography became one aspect and the rest of it was like, let me just help you out with your brand because I feel like the product's dope and 
maybe with a little bit of push on the marketing edge or like a little bit of a push like creatively, visually, like, and I'm talking about like the color of thing and the shape of things, not about the photographs, you know? Um, it would lead, it would like, that's what helped me get out of that whole cogginess that I felt. Coming from a background of like design and like having those abilities already, when you started that photography, how did you kind of bring that across into it? Like, did you kind of have like, using composition from the design and then bringing that into the photography? So, like, yes. Basically, like I had a, a great head start with the tools like Photoshop and After Effects and like even Flash and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was always mad interested in that. Like many summers wasted as a kid, like trying to animate stuff, trying to design things. I used to make up brands like I had this brand called International Reality Trade, where like you'd put your brain in this vat and like swap it with somebody else's for a couple of days, but still like keep your consciousness. So you just live their life for like a day and then swap back. And I, like, I just come up with stupid ideas like that and build brands around it because I just found it fun, you know? And I think, like, so now, like, I'm here and I, I have my own things that I release yeah. and I'm very, very fortunate to have anybody that gives... I don't know, I, I don't have a good replacement word. That <laughs> anybody that cares, like... Um, that is, it's mad dope that I had that practice, you know? Yeah, I think what's lovely to see about you, because we've followed you for years now, and you've really kind of evolved and you've really seen your style grow. Where did that first style come from? Like, where? So I was, uh, I was always into, like, the Wall Street Journal had this page for the longest time where it was, like, photos of the month, and they just have, like, 30 amazing, like, war journalists, like, showing you what it looks like in parts of the world that we're yeah. very fortunate not to live in, you know? And uh, I, the grit of them would always inspire me. There was also this artist, this uh, photographer called Bruce Gilden, who was just so great. Uh, taking these beautiful, uh, gritty portraits of people. But I'd always look at these things, and like Lee Jeffries and people like that. I'd look at these photographs and be like, these are rad. But like, they're always quite, they're gritty, but they're grim. And they're yeah. always black and white, and they're always very like, they're strong and they're beautiful. But I, I felt like maybe there's a, there's a place where we can merge color. Like I was always into like Fight Club and Akira and stuff yeah. like There's films that really take deep, like re really take liberties with color. And I was like, well, maybe like I can take gritty photos, but take liberties with color, but then maybe like smooth it out a bit. So like there's a little bit of a fashion and beauty aspect and, and perhaps that would land in a place that other people haven't seen this. Like maybe I'm creating something that doesn't exist. And I think accidentally, as I fumbled through in my head, I had this image and that image was genuinely something new, which I was mm. kind of lucky to stumble across. Yeah, cool. What have been some of the challenges that you've that you faced? I mean, I, I mean, like, I think the challenges that I faced in, in my life in general have been greater than the challenges that I faced in my career. So like in my career, like every, every single little bit of it has, again, just, it's been pretty awesome to be able to just take pictures. Like aside from anything else, like there's the career side, the entrepreneurial side, like all of those little bits, I think it's just rad that I can take photos. Like, I'm able-bodied enough to take photos. Isn't that, like, the fucking coolest? Like, everyone, like, well, most people here can do that. And, I, that, like, like, for me, that's the raddest. So I think any challenges that I had were definitely overrided with just, like, waves of gratitude in the sheer fact that, that it's ridiculous. Like, there's a thing called Instagram, and we can take pictures and put it on there, and other people see them, and then maybe those people will be like, oh, can you take pictures of me? And that, that thing just keeps rolling and can actually turn into a career. Like, that's nuts. Like, how, like, how cool is that? Yeah. 
how important do you think the business side of it is compared to the, just the art form? Because I think, like, personally, from my experience, they need to work hand in hand. It can't just be all art or all business. Like, how do you balance the two? Um, I like business. It's fun. I, I like people. I like understanding other people's problems and trying to find creative solutions for them. I'm pretty honest with everybody I do business with. Uh, I, like, I often take meetings because somebody wants me to shoot a thing for them, and I'll be like, use this photographer. They're better at capturing what you need. Yeah. Like, I, I really try and treat it like, this person has an objective. It's not about me getting a job. I'm not nervous about this meeting, mm -hmm. because like, I don't want to do it if I'm not the right guy for that person. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, for me, it served me all right. Like, I haven't done too much stuff I don't want to do yeah. regarding, like, and I've just let it happen slowly and organically. Like definitely taking interest in other people's businesses was a big thing that helped me. And it helped give me opportunities It helped me like, like I was a part of um, a luxury fashion brand and it gave me the opportunity to go around like Milan and Paris to like the trade shows, to meet other people that ran fashion yeah. businesses and to understand like the issues they have, the markups they need to produce, like what the production houses look like, why a D-square jacket costs like 15 times more than a Levi's one. And there's good reason, like it's genuinely considerably more expensive to produce. Like there's, there's nothing else going on there. Um, and I understand that now and it's, so it's like an education. So on that kind of like, talking about kind of like leveling up, your work now is so different to what it was a few years ago. Like, can you explain to us like what's changed there? I think I like taking pictures and I spent a long time establishing this style and I had the, like, the great fortune of meeting tons of great people who I took pictures of over the last X amount of years and uh, like eventually I found myself in a stage where I'm like, all right, I've taken like simple but like gritty and strong photos yeah. of people. We're good. Like we can do that now yeah, and I feel yeah. like I can do that. Um, like what haven't I done and what can't I do? And there's this thing, there's a thing called the art world and, and I was like, I reckon I can do that. Because I, I think that I have the capacity to tell stories and I think I have capacity that if I try my very best, like maybe I'll be able to do an exhibition and yeah. maybe I'll be able to produce work that's considerably heavier production than anything I'd done before. Um, and I think that was, so like I, I kind of lost a little bit of love at a time where I was working with all these different businesses and I was doing very simple shoots and I was like, you know what, like maybe I need to focus on doing something bigger and actually testing myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I came up with this idea of Faith, which is this exhibition, which is actually currently on right now in Maddox. And but it's had like kind of two just runs. just around the corner as well. If everyone ha anyone hasn't seen it. Like, yeah, it's like just on Maddox Street down there, um, which is awesome. Yeah, so I was, I was, there's, there's this place in Croatia I go to and there's this rock that I sit on. It sounds weird. It's awesome. It's right by the sea. I took Alice there the other day. Um, and... I went there and sat down and I was like, I need to figure out what I'm doing. I know I want to do this exhibition. And over the next few days, I was just there on my own. And I came up with all of these ideas for these photographs. And I wanted to tell this story about what faith is today. Like yeah. in a more secular world, like where do we place our faith? Like we have this innate need to believe. Where's our belief going? If we're in the Midwest, it's going towards like Donald Trump or something. And if it's, in, if, if, if it's on the coast, it's going towards, it, well, in 2016, it was going towards like Hillary Clinton. But like that faith, that like belief, like it has to go somewhere. Is that going into crystals? Is it going into yoga or your weekend retreat? Like it's happening, but now it's transpiring in a different way than it used to, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to explore that and I really wanted to focus on the things that we have in common. So anyway, I didn't have any money to do this uh, and I just canceled all my creative contracts. So I 
had run out of money. <laughs> so I started, so I drew all of these ideas and, and I started running around to all the people that I know that have anything to do with the art world and, and, and just put it in front of them and said like, like, here's a drawing of what this photograph's gonna look like. I'm gonna do this exhibition, it's gonna be awesome. This is the whole story. Um, give me some money and I will give you the photograph that looks like this drawing. Mm -hmm. And obviously like, probably 60% of people said no. And it wasn't that many people, uh, but some of those people said yes. And it afforded me the opportunity to actually go and do this thing. Um, and then over nine months alongside Alice and uh, a, really, a really great team, we produced all of these works. And then I, I, tried, I, I very luckily got a couple of campaigns, which was just a touch, like, cause that was just came, just fell out of nowhere. And it afforded me the opportunity to go and do this show solo. Mm -hmm. So I went and did this solo independent exhibition in W1 over in Fitzrovia. I, you know, I wanted a place as close as possible to all of the Mayfair galleries just to be like, put my flag <laughs> in the ground and be like, I did this on my own. What do you reckon, guys? Um, and then uh, a friend of mine who was a lawyer who just so happened to become the CEO of Maddox Gallery um, came in like on the penultimate day with one of the directors, Matt, and he said to me like, do you want to you want to you try this thing over at Maddox? Like, if you haven't sold everything, do you want to you want to try it out? Yeah. And I mean, I, what an opportunity as well. Like, that's an absolute institution, yeah. and they are like the innovators in the game in London. Like, so I'm a huge fan of these guys. Uh, and obviously, my answer was yes. So right now, we are doing that, and I think that's like that's the story of the evolution and what comes next. God knows, but. I think it's going to get bigger and nutser and funner and my team's only getting stronger and we keep working with awesome people and awesome new doors keep opening. So as you were kind of going around to people asking for money basically, was, like, how did you feel when people said no? Fine. I got into this, so I'm not a sales guy, right? Mm -hmm. But I can get to that like, delusional place where everything is great, I'm highly optimistic. Like I can beat myself into becoming that person. Like if you, during this little period, if you looked at my Instagram story, it was like motivational quotes and stuff. Like constantly I'd wake up and be like, I'd wake up like 5 a.m. and do push-ups, which is not a thing I do. <laughs> but I'm like, mm, I've got to do it. And I'd leave and I'd, there's this, uh, what's that yeah, yeah, yeah song that there was a remix of like, uh, that was in um, uh, that film, Project X. It was this huge remix of a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song, Off, off With Their Heads. Um, oh, Heads Will Roll. Heads Will Roll, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I, I would just listen to that over and over and go into a meeting just like with this giant grin on my face, like I like, found the cure for some disease or something. Like, so I, it's a weird thing, because like, I'm not that guy, right? But like, I had a great time doing it. And like, when you're in that mentality, you, the knocks don't really hurt that bad. Like when I'm like myself, just regular human being, like knocks her, but like when you're in that place and you're reading all these motivational quotes and you're constantly like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Like you get through it. Like the nose are cool. The nose are cool because it's like, you know what? I'm going to see you in a year and I'm going to give you a high five because you turned up to the gallery that I did despite the fact that you didn't help and maybe you'll buy something then because maybe you didn't believe it then, but you do now and that's a cool thing. Yeah, great. I, mean, I, I think the key part like that, that really struck out to me there was that you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. And had you not done that, 
because um, it's very easy to get to the stage where, especially if you've got like a, a sizable following on Instagram or, or wherever, and you are making sales, it's very easy to get into that position of like, you're comfortable, you don't need to push yourself. And you could have just carried on creating the same, the same photos, the same, the photos that me and Ad like first discovered you through. Yeah. You could have kept doing that but you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. You wanted to push it. Like you've now got a team behind you. The stories behind, I mean, we haven't got long enough to go into yeah. the stories behind each individual image. And like, there's so much there and the planning and the teams and everything. It's just incredible. Like that you've, you've leveled up to that stage where you're like, in order for me to realize what's in my head, I'm gonna have to like bring it to this huge stage now. Yeah. And that's inspiring. Thank you, man. I think like, Nothing good came easy. Low-hanging fruit never tasted good. There was no triumph without suffering. And if there was triumph without suffering, it wasn't real. It I wasn't... hope you all wrote those three lines down because that was gold. Yeah, that's kind. <laughs> no, but honestly, like, if it doesn't suck to get there, it's not going to feel great when you get there. Like, 100%. But like, what do I know? I'm an idiot. But like, that's what I think. Um, so to wrap up then, what would, you, what would you say is probably the thing that holds most creative people back to taking that leap, to pushing out of their comfort zone? Is there anything that you think is holding people back? I think there's like conversations that you can have with your family. I, I think there's conversations that you can have with the people that are meaningful to you. I, like a lot of the time people have expectations of us. Because they've seen the version of us that we are in the time that we know them. And they don't necessarily accept the idea that we might actually be evolving into a different thing. And I think that's understandable too, because I do it. Like if one of my, if one of my homies has been reading or like all the self-help books and stuff, like I will take the piss, for sure. And I get it, but like, oh, and I'm, I'm like the villain in that story, right? But like ultimately, like a lot of people are going through a transition and it's, and I think that frank conversations with idiots like me being like, well, hey, you know what, actually, no, I'm really trying this. Like, I'm not, I'm not blagging this thing. Like, I'm, I, I really would like to try this new thing. I'd like to excel in this area, and I, I need you to support me because I think that this is going to work. I think that's a big thing, and I, I think that people often feel held back by their relationships because they're people they love. Mm. But it's like this tiny little toxic factor inside of this giant tapestry of beautiful moments, you know? Uh, so it's often hard to broach. I think that's the thing. Yeah, uh, and I, I think people get used to, um, if you produce a certain something or you have a certain job, like friends and family put you in, in a box um, and, that's, and, then, and then, all, then all of a sudden, if you're behaving in a different way, it kind of, it, knocks, it maybe shines a light on what they're doing with their life. If all of a sudden you're like, I'm quitting my job, I'm gonna do this, and, and you're taking a risk. Um, and also, I think there comes the side of where you're, where you're worried about if someone comes to you and says, oh, I'm going to pack my job in. And it's like, are, are you sure that you're making the right decision? And yeah. there's, there's a lot of kind of love tied up with it as well. So it's, I, a, it's a really tricky one. I, I think, and I always preface everything that I say in this murky territory with I think, because I don't know. Yeah. And I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, but I think that the leap is inevitable for anybody that achieves anything. Like the, the leap. And also yes. I just want to quickly say, <clears throat> on, on this note, and it's something I, I just say, because I had a phone call with a friend of mine this morning who didn't know quite where to take this creative concept she had and she's building, she runs these workshops, which was amazing. 
Um, but she, she was looking for like a, a cheap place to do her thing, like to do this thing because she can't use the space she's been using. And, and, and I said to her like, well, yeah, you have to spend more money. They just spend it, take the risk. Because I think ultimately, like without taking the leap, like when, once you take the leap, you have to glean the value. Yeah. If you're doing it within your bounds, you don't need to glean the value, you don't need to maximize, nothing needs to be done because everything's comfortable. Like once you take that leap, once the leap of faith happens, like your back's against the wall and you've got to make that thing work. And you start seeing value and opportunity and everything in every single corner of the room. And things become a lot brighter, a lot more colorful and a lot more clear. Yeah. And once that type of thinking settles in over three, four, five years, 10 years, 20 years, then you, you start seeing things in a completely different way. And I think honestly for creative young individuals who are looking to get into the market, like that's it, just take the leap. 100%. And it's no one else's fault. Like full accountability, everything is your fault 100% of the time, take the leap. Amazing. That's awesome, man. So um, what we're going to do now is a little bit of Q&A, which is my favorite part of any of these events, um, because we can actually like deal with stuff that you guys are worried about or um, that you're wondering about or any questions like for Harris process, like inspiration. Um, so if um, so, Apple, have we got have we got mics that are got? Yeah. OK, cool. So if you've got a question, raise your hand and uh, an Apple person will come and give you a mic. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Um, I just literally just came into the Apple store and listened, I was listening to you. As someone that's made the leap from 2016 doing my own thing, um, I have a lot of respect for you because what you've explained to me, and I think what everyone misses, is what you went through is you actually, you, what you went through was the process. So you had respect for the process and not the end game because I yeah. can see you love what you do. And, and I think a lot of people they have to be self-conscious of basically of being self-aware. Are you built to work a nine-to-five job or are you a crave? Because everyone's following the trend of becoming an entrepreneur because it's cool, but no one will actually go through what you went through because it takes a lot of mental and physical um, strength. And now the guy that I follow, Gary Vaynerchuk, would say, you'd have to be able to get punched in the face to actually move forward. So. Um, someone that makes YouTube videos, I DJ, I do social media, um, I do a lot of creative, I'm a creative person, I like to do multiple things because it keeps me focused. So I don't really have a question, I basically just wanted to say thank you because your talk has made my day. What's your name? Uh, Usama. Big up man. Nice thank you so much. What's your Instagram by the way? Uh, it's just Harris Newcomb. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you, thank you free so much. God bless the, uh, man, thank, thank you. Thank you bro. Any other questions? That was rad. Hi. Hello again. Big fan of your work, as you know. Um, for your exhibition, especially Faith, did you draw every single one of your shots and how long did it take for each drawing? I think the drawings are quick. Uh, it's pretty simple stuff. I think there's a, there's a lot of drawings. The, the drawings that were on paper, because I got an iPad like somewhere halfway through the thing and started doing an iPad, but like a lot of the drawings are on the walls at Maddox Gallery right now, which is cool, which wasn't in the last one, which is kind of... So you, you can, you yeah, can yeah, have a I've seen it several times on Maddox, so you know. You're yeah. the best. Um, nah, like, it, it's pretty quick, like maybe half an hour, an hour on each. The, drawing, the drawings for me, so the, like the idea exists. Like I want to take a picture of a girl standing in front of a burning piano. But like, 
the allegory doesn't exist. The storytelling doesn't exist. It's like when the drawing begins, that's when the story starts evolving and it gives me the opportunity to figure out what I want to do beyond the point of the initial idea. I can start cooking in new things. It's like, oh, cool, she's wearing like a pink bodysuit and she's got bunny ears and she's got a match in her teeth, right? Like that stuff happens in the drawings. That doesn't happen in the idea. And if I went and shot the thing from, straight from the idea, it would be a much, much more stripped down version of the thing that it ended up being. Thank you very much, man. Big up. Hi, Harris. Hey. So I have a question. I've worked with you for a little while now. Um, I've worked with you for a little while now. Um, I know how creative you are, and your, your mind's always thinking. But my question to you is, um, how do you quieten your creative mind? Does it ever shut down? Are you always, you always having ideas? Like, how do you operate as a human? trying to shine a spotlight on all of these human um, think, issues that are going on? I think that's a really good question, actually. I've never been asked that. Um, I balance, finding balance for me is the most important thing, and it has been the most important thing in my personal life. Uh, when I started taking photographs, I was manic. I was, like, basically bipolar. I was, like, six months up, six months down, down. And um, it was a weird place to be. Um, so I think I think I've found balance now, basically in having a little bit more respect for the idea of sleep, um, and friendships and the people around me and seeing my family. I think seeing a lot of my family helps me chill. I meditate too when I really really need to. Like I hate doing it, but I do it. Um, that's kind of it right now. But I'll think about that question and have more to say on it soon. Yeah, I, th I think we find with a lot of creative people, like, if, if your creativity is not bringing you joy, then, like, stop for a bit. Because, like, this ha the idea of this is to be fun. And if yeah. you're going crazy, like, oh, I've got this new idea and I've got, to, I've got to get up early and I've got to make a start on it and, it just, and it's just bringing you stress, then it's probably best to, like, chill for a bit. Yeah. But then, as you said, everything worth doing is hard. So it's that... So some, something, there's a thing, and this is a thing I learned, and I think it's good. Um, when you're down, you're way more privy to influence because you're considerably less certain. Yeah. So it's a really, really good time to figure out what you care about. And coming up with ideas, at least for me, in doubt, like when I'm, when I'm not stoked, is so quick. It's like... That, because you don't want to do it. You don't want to think of ideas. You don't want to do any of that stuff. But if you get yourself to do it when you're down, when you're back up and you're more certain and you're more strong, the creative, the, the creative side isn't, like, it might be blaring like, in terms of like, flamboyancy and charisma, but it might not necessarily be in terms of ideas. You have this absolute structure that you've built when you weren't feeling stoked and you didn't really want to speak to people. Yeah. And also watching stuff, looking at stuff, taking in stimulus is much more effective, at least for myself, when I'm not feeling particularly happy. Yeah. Because I'm trying to escape, like, escape a mental state. So yeah. like, the thing is doing way more to me. Yeah, makes sense. Do we have any more questions? Lots? Hey. Hey, Alice Riley. Hi. OK. Wait. Oh. Oh. I go first, okay. So you didn't go to university, but obviously now a lot of young creatives feel like they have to. 
Um, so what would you say as advice to somebody that doesn't think that's the place for them that wants to work in a creative market? Do not go to university. It's like, it's all about self-awareness. Like if, if you think that getting a degree is gonna get you into a space where you want to be, then go and get the degree. It's okay, if I you, quit. If you're kind of lost, if you're lost and you're like, oh, I, everyone expects me to do this path, like I'm just gonna do this path, then maybe not. Like maybe you could um, start interning somewhere. Maybe you could get, have three years of like practical experience working under someone who you want to be like, um, rather than just kind of sitting on a course with everyone else, like ticking all the same boxes. But it's, it's self-awareness. Like, for some of you, you might meet the love of your life at university, um, it, you might need a degree to get into, but I think the world is changing and degrees are just not as important as they once were. And I mean like, I have a degree, but I don't need it. No one asked to see my degree when I was like painting on walls. It's like the two don't, don't match up, yeah. so. Yeah, it really depends on what you want to go into. Like if you want to go into, like I said interior architecture and I couldn't have just taken a portfolio without a like a qualification attached to that, they just wouldn't accept it. But if you wanted to become a graphic designer or something else creative, if you go somewhere with an absolutely banging portfolio and say, this is what I can do, I could do this for you, you can make money by me doing this for you, they're gonna say yes, no, no matter what piece of paper you have. But yeah, we have 15 members of staff and we don't look at their qualifications, we look at their art skills, or if they're a project manager, their project management skills. We look at what they've done and what they can do and, um, like the, their potential. Like we don't look at a piece of paper that meant they memorized some facts. That's just, for me as an employer, that's just not important. Yes. Sorry, Harris, would you like to answer as well? <laughs> Go to university. I think that, so I was, I was chatting to Alice about this earlier. Um, I, I didn't have, a, I, like school was never a thing that really interested me, nor was the educational system but it does work for like 90% of people. So I don't think we should tear it down, but I think at the same time, I think for the people that want to do their own thing, they should go and do their own thing. Yeah, I think you kind of, if you know, you know. Right. And it went like at that stage, whereas I think a lot of people, like, also I'm a massive advocate for uni because it's a great three years. So just, you don't, like, you don't actually do much work. You right. have so much free time. Like I spent most of my time in university teaching myself things. So like I taught myself 3D design, like when we weren't doing it in lectures. Yeah, but most That's people cool teach themselves how to get pissed. Like, you, yeah. you're the exception to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> people, like, it's a funny one, isn't it? I'd like, I didn't, I didn't go to university. I, I'm fine, I, I'm good, I feel good. I, I did, and it hasn't benefited my life whatsoever. Did you so. meet great friends? Uh, no. <laughs> uh. So, I, so well, when I was at university, I, I started tattooing. And I, no whilst, I was, whilst I was doing my degree, I was working in the tattoo studio and I realized that I was learning more from someone who had their own business, that had made their own rules, that was being creative every single day, that was working with people. Like I learned much more in the tattoo studio than I ever did from uni. And my friends came from the people who were tattooing and the customers that were being tattooed. That was where my friendship group came. And um, I was a little bit older than, than people in, in the uni, so I, I, like, I didn't really vibe with many of them. Um, and my, my education came from that studio. And I, and I like everything when I came out and I was like, I was like, I can have my own business. I can do something myself because I was going to be a primary school teacher, believe it or not. Like 
I was telling kids to behave during the day and then I was running down the railway lines at night, like leading a weird double life. Um, and then I was training to be a primary school teacher and then and tattooing. And then I realized like, I, I want to do something for myself. I can help more people like out in the real world than I ever could when I was in a school. Like that's why we do the podcast. Like when I was in a school, I was, I was bound by their legislation and I, like, I had no, no real impact on the kids, not, not to the level I wanted to. Like we've impacted more people with this podcast than I ever did when I was teaching. I, I don't know if that answers your question. Some, something interesting to consider, perhaps, is the fact that if we have nothing to push against, if we don't have a, a structure to mount a revolution against, will we be motivated? Will we do anything? And I think it's kind of cool. And perhaps, like, because that's a really cool story, and I didn't know that, and that's awesome. And it makes me think maybe, you know, m maybe your disappointment in the dogmatic institution might be a spark. Yeah, it might be a spark, then perhaps nothing else would have happened without it. Perhaps it would have, most likely it would have. But I don't know, it's a nice thought. It's a nice thought. Because I often think about, like, about like, the, pu the push and pull of situations, the push and pull of politics, the push and pull of social issues, the push and pull of life in general, inside of relationships, inside of friendships. And uh, per perhaps it's another one of these things, like without the mass, where would the rebels be? Word. <laughs> I think. Right, we've got time for one more question now. I think it was you, so let's go ahead. Yeah. Hello. Um, so I'm a photographer, and uh, a lot of what you said is redeeming and interesting to hear but like if you're a photographer looking for information you kind of hear it all the time so I want to know someone just no offense but because um, it's like oh keep posting keep practicing put yourself out there go uni don't go uni whichever one you want to say take. any of those things oh no 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 I'm just saying the. <laughs> Do you get like the stuff you hear if you type in how to be a photographer on YouTube the first thing that comes up but in terms of like what was different from what you heard from other people that you did in your career to get you here, if that makes sense? So, like, so my path's been quite unique. Uh, like art photography is in a particularly big industry and it's what I do specifically right now. Um, and I think that I had that opportunity because I'm lucky enough to understand a little bit about business because I, I, I spend my, my time as a photographer getting educated in other people's businesses and really like taking a genuine genuine interest i think that's kind of important at least for me it was really important everyone takes different tracks right some people get signed to some agency and their work is like generic enough to go and shoot boots campaigns and they're happy to compromise their styles so they'll do x y and z but that was never an option for me so for me it was about getting educated about other people's businesses because i understood that what i'm going to have to do is carve out a space for me to exist in because right now there's no space in photography for what it is that I do, unless I compromise what it is that I do. Do you know what I mean? Um, but so, what kind of photographs do you enjoy taking, and, and in what way do you not feel like you necessarily qualify as this I human being? I would say, along kind of what you do in terms of like, I like to capture people, and I had a stranger series that I was doing for a while. That was that was cool, and but mainly like portraits, not as created as outlandish as this as in like whoa but um more but i like it's hard to describe if what, you didn't see what's it. your main struggle my main struggle is it's patience 
Not even patience because it's like it, it will come. Like you've just got to keep making the work. And everyone like, says that, but it's like, what's your journey? I think. Um, do you know the photographer in Ghana, um, the first photographer to take uh, coloured pictures? His journey was thirty years. So when you're hearing that, you're like, dang, have I got thirty years to wait till I get to? And, and what to. a joyful journey! Like it's it can't be the end goal that's that that's driving you. It's and got for to, me it's, it's got to be the process. If you're in love with photography, like no one has your voice mm-hmm. no one has no one has lived your life no one's seen what you've seen and and when you're behind the lens like you you like harris tells stories with his photos like mm-hmm. tell stories and yeah we we all get bogged down with like instagram and stuff like that like perhaps start posting it on linkedin like try and do something differently like when like when i when i log on to linkedin when i see photographers photos it makes so much more of an impact because i'm not expecting to see it whereas everyone's expecting to see it on linkedin like, um, is there something you could do on like on TikTok? Do you know I mean? Like, <laughs> like have a look at different networks that there are. Don't yeah. just think like, I have to post on Instagram. Oh, I've got to feed the beast. I've got to get up and do like, I've got to do seven photos this week because I have to post one a day. Like, st- like do what, do what brings you joy. Mm. Like, find what the photos are that are actually going to set you on fire and make those photos end every day. And like, obviously, you've got eight, so start learning about sales, marketing, and business as well on the, on the other side of things. But like, 50% on the craft, 50% on the marketing, of le- letting people see the craft. And is there a different way where you can distribute your work that more people are going to see it? Yeah. Where do you want to be in like 10 years' time? Do you know that? Yes. What's that? In 10 years' time, I would like to be creating comfortably. But, but for who? For, like, for what? Are you just going to do stuff and then people just throw money No, it's at? not about people. If it was about people, I would have given up a long time ago. Who's, I think who, it's... who would your number one client be? Like, if you could have, like, yeah. if you were shooting a campaign for somebody, who would that person be? Yeah. I don't think it's really a person. For me, like, photography is more about, like, the stories and the people behind it. Awesome. So, like, which is why the Stranger series was so important to me, because I was literally, like, stopping people on, like, Oxford Street and stuff like this. And it will be, like, three seconds of their day, but when they'd log on my page, they'd be like, wow, that cool. three seconds turned into that. That's what I would like to be doing comfortably in if, 10 years. If that's what you want to do, and you basically need to build a media company around that, you need to have videos about that, you need to have loads of content, you need a magazine, you need... To build all of these things are completely around that because that's if you want to make money from it, that's where these things are going to come from. Just by making so much content, how often do you post? See, I took before beginning of the year, I was like constantly, and then I had to take a step constantly. How much a day? Like once every two days, once every day. So if you want to make that your absolute life, you need to be posting three times a day. You need to like whether it's just a photo or some kind of content. You need to be absolutely on it. Like if you really, really want that to be your life, you have to go full at it. Outwork everyone else. But then you get to the point where you're not necessarily creating to create anymore, which is why I took a break because it was like I wasn't even hearing people's stories anymore. I was just snapping different people. Like so, where do you compromise? Well, you should enjoy doing all of these things. I enjoy taking pictures, but part of it is people's stories. Do you get what I mean? And it's like, when you get into that, oh, like you said, please, the algorithm, it logs you down. Don't worry about an algorithm. Worry on making your content as amazing as possible and the work will come. Yeah, the, the art will always trump the algorithm, always, if it's good enough. And it has to be so good now because we see so much. 100%. Um, stick around at the end. And if anyone who we didn't answer their questions, like stick around at the end and we'll get to you because um, I want to talk more to you. Um, I want to help you as much as, as much as we can. 
Thanks for listening. We're trying to help a lot of people with this show, so we need your help to grow the community and spread our message. If you know someone who'd benefit from hearing what we talked about today, or they just need a little nudge in the right direction, pass this podcast on to them. If you want to hear more, then subscribe to us on iTunes. And if we helped you with anything, we'll really love you forever if you can leave us an iTunes review. It makes a huge difference. See ya.